Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Twins won the Cleveland Guardians nothing. After some huge offensive days, it's quite the letdown. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And yep, it was kind of what I expected. After that 11-10 emotional win on Wednesday night, we get the Thursday getaway day, uh, you know, afternoon baseball, a noon start out there in Minnesota, and it's kind of just a big letdown. Uh, everybody's probably pretty exhausted, emotionally exhausted. Five hits apiece for both teams, and it's a solo home run in the middle, of the, in the third inning. That's it. That's it. That's all the runs in the game. And, uh, you can't even say that both pitchers were dominant. I mean, they were fine, but they weren't dominant. And, uh, yeah, I think both offenses, I think both teams were just pretty exhausted from the series. Cleveland is at the end of a nine game road trip where they've, uh, you know, where they had an incredible, uh, road trip. They go seven and two on the road trip, sweeping Colorado, winning the series in LA and then winning the series in Minnesota. So, you know what? You lose the finale. You're trying to get back home. It's fine. It's fine. These losses will happen. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines of this game. Uh, the big storyline, the huge storyline for me is what went down in the seventh inning. Right? The seventh inning of this game is absolutely, and uh, it's one of the few times during the game where I was like, nope, I got to tweet some stuff out. I got some thoughts about this one because it was the chance for the Guardians to get into the game. Smelter had come out of the game after going six innings. They go to Joe Smith out of the bullpen because uh, we got some righties up. We got some big power hitting righties up. And uh, Joe Smith, you know, historically the side armor, former Cleveland Indian player, has, uh, you know, pitched well against righties. This season, looking at his splits this season, I mean, the guy, give him credit. The guy is in his, what, he's age 38 now. He's 38 years old this season. So give some credit where credit is due. But, I mean, his splits aren't that impressive this season. Uh, righties are hitting 281 off them. Lefties are hitting 280. Lefties have a slightly higher OPS off them, an 840 OPS compared to a seven. Uh, where'd that go? Seven 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 OPS for right-handed hitters. So yeah, lefties do hit them a little better. But he goes in there to face some righties to kick things off, and he ends up walking Oscar Gonzalez to kick off the inning. Okay, I'll take that. Wasn't expecting it. By the way. I've got my co-host back with me, so if you hear some adorable baby sounds in the background, hopefully they stay adorable baby sounds. If they don't, I'll pause and take care of it. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so if you hear some adorable baby sounds in the background, he's wide awake again this morning and joining us on the show. So we walk Oscar Gonzalez. Fermil Reyes then comes up, and he rips a double down the left field line. Gonzalez goes into third base. It's a good job by Reyes. I believe he was up in the uh, in the count, the, had the count in his favor. Uh, yeah, it was a 3-1 count, and he gets a sinker, two-seamer right down the pipe at the thighs, and he rocks it 99.6 miles per hour down that left field line. So good at-bat from Vermeil Reyes. Works the count, lays off some sliders, works the count, gets one in a hittable spot. Now that is something from Vermeil Reyes. At the beginning of the season, 
he was missing pitches in the zone. He was missing pitches that he usually would drive in the strike zone. So it's nice to see him at least squaring up some balls in the strike zone, even if, you know, it hasn't, you know, the batting average hasn't been perfect since coming back or anything like that. But Reyes gets the hit here. Now we're really set up for an inning. We're down one nothing. We've got runners on second and third. Nobody out. We got Andres Jimenez up, one of the best RBI guys on our team. He's down in the count and ends up getting hit by the pitch. Uh, what could have been? What could have been? It was the fifth pet pitch of the at-bat. It was a 2-2. No, it was a 1-2 count. I'm sorry. It was a 1-2 count. And he comes in with a four-seam fastball. He had already thrown. He had started the at-bat in that location. Comes in with a four-seam fastball. And Jimenez cannot get out of the way of it. So we end up loading the bases. But that brings back up the right-handed hitters. Now here is where Guardians Twitter collectively lost their minds yesterday. And frankly, it's understandable because you have three very good left-handed hitters sitting on your bench. You have got Josh Naylor, you've got Richie Palacios, and you've got Stephen Kwan. And instead of going to any of those guys, he lets Ernie Clement, Luke Maley, and Miles Straw, your last hitters in the lineup, two of them are your bench hitters. I mean, Clement's your utility guy. In the huge situation, in a situation that could have won the game. Like, it's great that we went 7-2 and two in the road trip. We should be high-fiving all over the city that we went 7-2 and two on the road trip. But, wouldn't you have loved to have gone 8-1? Wouldn't you have loved to sweep the Minnesota Twins and really get a little bit of ground in the Central Division? Of course you would have. So, of course you're trying to win the game still. That's his job. His job is to go out there, Francona, and make the right decisions to win the game. And here, Francona... He gives the excuse after the game that, you know, uh, Austin Hedges had caught a lot of innings, so he didn't want him to have him come in and catch three innings today. Naylor had played a lot. He he wanted to give Naylor a day off. He didn't want to make Naylor go in and play three innings and then make Owen Miller go across and play third base. Frankly, uh, yeah, they've shied away from that. Clement has backed up Ramirez at third base. Owen Miller has, I don't know if Owen Miller's taken any innings over there this season. So, those were his reasons. I straight up, he said in post game, I didn't want to put Naylor and Hedges in the game. So, that means he can't pinch hit for some of these guys. He can't pinch hit for Clement or Maley because that would force Naylor and it would force Hedges into the game. So, he doesn't. And Clement ends up chopping it to the first base. Now, here's the thing that sucks about the Clement one. They actually had the corners pinched in, but the middle infielders were set up for the double play. They were literally willing to sacrifice a run to turn the double play if he just hits it up the middle. Instead, he chops it to first base. They come home and nail Oscar Gonzalez at home at the force out. Clements fast enough that there's not even a throwback to first. All right, fine. You still have the bases loaded. That brings up Luke Maley. I'm sorry, Francona, you have to pinch hit. Hedges is a professional. He can handle three innings. You've got to pinch hit here. Now, the argument is if you pinch hit Quan or Palacios or Naylor, they're going to go to their uh, they're gonna go to their bullpen, and they're going to bring in their lefty Theobar. Now, here's where you start to get into the splits and looking at the splits and things like that. 
Frankly, Maley uh, does hit lefties a little better than he hits righties. The average isn't great against either, but he's slugging 429 against lefties. He does have a double earlier in this game off a lefty, off the lefty starter. He's only slugging 275 off righties. So there is a significant difference there, especially in the OPS and the slugging. So yeah, you got that. He kind of sucks this season. I mean, he's not hitting great this season anyways. Uh, he's a 204 hitter this season anyways. So, uh, you know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, a huge, you know, this isn't uh, Sandy Elamar. This isn't uh, Victor Martinez. This is not a power hitting catcher. So uh, that would bring in, if you pinch hit for him, that would bring in Thielbar. Now, Thielbar, who does come in late in this game to face a lefty, does have better splits against lefties. I mean, lefties are hitting 222 off him. Righties are hitting 258. So yeah, uh, a lefty-lefty matchup against Thielbar uh, is not ideal. The OPS is significant, almost 150-point difference in the OPS. Right-handers doing better than left-handers. So yes, Thielbar does have a little better split. But then you look at Stephen Kwan, and his splits against lefties are actually fantastic. He's hitting 326 against lefties. He's got a 714 OPS. He slugs a little better. Uh, he slugs better against the righties, but he gets on base at a better clip, 388 to 356 against the lefties. So Quan actually has okay splits. So, you know, once you start doing the math and looking at these numbers, you figure, you know what? I, I would like to see Stephen Quan get that opportunity with the bases loaded to see if he can bring that runner home from third, right? I feel like Quan could do it. He could even work a walk in that situation and knows that he's bringing in the run. At the end of the game, what we'll see in the ninth inning is, you know, he's got to get that hit. He's got to get that hit. Here, he could have drawn the walk and brought that run in. That's something in his tool bag. So I would have liked to have seen it. Even if it was Josh Naylor getting a pinch hit opportunity here, uh, I would have been interested in seeing it against the lefty rather than watching Maley go up there against the righty and Clement and Straw go up there against the righty. I wanted to see one of those lefties get an opportunity. Maybe it knocks Joe Smith out of the game and brings in Theo Barr. Fine. I still would have liked to see it. I think, I mean, and it hurts. So it hurts because Maley then grounds into a force out. It's an interesting play because they were going to turn two on him. It's hit to Gio Urshela. He absolutely is turning his hips to go to second base. But just like a wide receiver who turns to run up field before he's actually got the ball, Urshela can't field the ball cleanly because he's already going to second base to make that throw, trying to hurry to get that double play. So he bobbles it. The only play is to come home. For me, Reyes thinks he's turning that double play. That's the only logical solution here because he kind of dogs it going across home plate. Doesn't slide, doesn't really even hustle. Kind of seems to decelerate in his last few steps before he touches home plate. So he's thrown out at the plate. It's another force out. The bases stay loaded. Miles Straw comes in, does have a good at-bat, does put a good swing on it. I, Miles Straw, it's a fine swing. He tries to shoot it into right field. Unfortunately, it hangs up, and it's right at Kepler. So they get out of it. Uh, Joe Smith gets out of it, faces the three righties in a row, and he gets three outs. It sucks. It sucks because the seventh inning was where you were going to win this game. The seventh inning was your chance, absolutely your chance, and every single Guardians fan who watched that game yesterday knows it. It's why it's the top storyline in this game, and you blew it. You blew your chance. Was it just the righties couldn't handle Joe Smith? Did Joe Smith just battle his way out of it, or did Francona just make the wrong call in this situation? Was he too protective 
of his guys? Was he too protective of his guys he was giving a day off to in Hedges and Naylor that he blows it right here? I kind of feel like he blew it. I feel like the manager blew it in this situation. Uh, you know, Francona makes plenty of good decisions. He made some weird ones in this Minnesota series, right? Uh, sticking with Castro in a high-leverage situation, trying to squeeze two innings out of him and almost giving up the game on Wednesday. Or when was that, actually? Was that Tuesday night? On Tuesday night. And then a weird decision here not to use anyone off his bench. Now, finally, in the ninth inning, we do, because Theobard does come into the game. After uh, after the Twins go to their bullpen with Duran, who was just throwing heat. My God, Duran was throwing some serious heat. Uh, he gets through the eighth inning and then into the uh, ninth inning, just blowing guys away. He was touching 100. He hit 102.7 with his four-seam fastball. He was averaging 101 with his four-seam fastball. It was at a four whiffs on seven swings on that thing with three balls fouled off. They did not put one of his four-seam fastballs in play in an inning and a third. They take him out, and the fans in Minnesota were not happy about that. Take him out to bring in the lefty Theobar to face Andres Jimenez. And what have we been telling you about Andres Jimenez? He can hit left-handed pitching. Theobar leaves him a fastball down the middle of the plate when he was ahead in the count. And uh, what does he do? He drives it, Jimenez drives it in the left field, down the left field line for a double. So a good job of hitting. He, oh, he was down on the count 0-2. I'm sorry, down on the count 0-2. Takes a four-seam fastball. All, in fact, all three pitches from Theobar were right down the pipe, and he fouled the first two off, and finally the third one, he shoots down that left field line. So Andres Jimenez has a one-out double. Uh, it would bring up Ernie Clement. Ernie Clement did attempt a bunt uh, to try to catch him off guard, but eventually he would ground out back to the pitcher, so it keeps Andres Jimenez at second base, and then finally he goes and pinch hits, because he figures at this point, it's all or nothing. Either I'm going to get out, I'm going to get this run, or the game's over, so he pinch hits Quan for um, mainly in this situation, Works works a count, gets it to a 2-2 count, and unfortunately comes up and in with a four-seam fastball, and Quan can't handle it. He swings through it to end the game. It's a pretty disappointing uh, outcome in the end. You know, I, I tweeted out, you know, we, we did get the matchup. We did get the matchup. It's not with the bases loaded in the seventh inning, so you, you don't know. You just can't translate it. What, what would have happened in the seventh inning, you just can't translate it to what happened here in the ninth inning. It would have been a different situation. So, we will never know. But that's how the game ends. The Twins get out of it. Theobar gets the save. And uh, they get the win. Smeltzer gets his win. Uh, so it's a good job by the Twins bullpen. And unfortunately, uh, despite a good pitching day from the Guardians, the offense just isn't there. I mean, there's a couple of guys that sprinkle hits throughout the game. There's a couple of doubles. I mean, Reyes, Jimenez, and Maley all double in the game. Uh, we just could not put any rallies together. The only walk on the day is Oscar Gonzalez in that seventh inning, which is very unguardians-like. Not many hard hit balls. Reyes uh, and Andres Jimenez had the you know the most hard hit balls right in the middle of the lineup. Three for Reyes and two for Jimenez, but uh, it just doesn't turn into any runs. Does not turn into any runs. So it's a really slow offensive day for the Guardians, and yeah, you lose one nothing. It sucks. It sucks. Now let's talk a little bit about pitching because 
Uh, yeah, Plesak was was decent on the day. So was Trevor Steffen and De Los Santos out of the bullpen. They were both very good out of the bullpen. Uh, but Plesak goes six innings, gives up three hits, one earned run on the solo home run, two walks to six strikeouts on 100 pitches. He's only hard hit five times on 100 pitches. That's, that's frankly a pretty good start right there. That's a very good start right there from Zach Plesak. Um, Smelter on the other side goes six innings. He gives up three hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts for him on 92 pitches. He's hard hit six times. Uh, so yeah, we got quality starts on both sides right here. Now it's interesting because what was working for Plesak and what was working for the uh, twins pitchers when it comes to strikeouts, I just thought this was interesting when it came to strikeouts, most of Plesak's strikeouts come on sliders down in a way. I mean, chasing down in a way, mostly to these right-handed hitters, chasing slider, breaking down to the glove side and off the plate. Um, he gets one strikeout on a lefty Larnich with a changeup at the top of the zone on an 0-2 count. Uh, it's a good pitch to throw a lefty right there. A nice high changeup, and he swings through it for a strikeout. Everything else is on the slider. Meanwhile... By the way, Trevor Steffen's two strikeouts, they come on high fastballs. And when you get it up there around 97 miles per hour, yeah, you could do that. You could blow some guys away at the top of the zone. De Los Santos gets one on an inside slider to Gary Sanchez. Um, so that's how the Guardians got their strikeouts. I thought it was interesting that every single strikeout from Twins pitchers, three from Smeltzer, the three from Duran, the one from Theobar, are all on high fastballs. High fastballs at the letters or above high fastballs from all these pitches. And frankly, all these pitches are in the strike zone. Uh, you know, I, who knows if you would get the call on the field, but uh, according to StatCast and according to the strike zone here, uh, all these pitches are pretty much in the strike zone. One just off the inside edge, but these are all pretty much in the strike zone, high fastballs, and they get strikeouts on them. So I just thought it was interesting that every single strikeout for the Twins pitchers came on high fastballs. So yeah, Plesak was really dealing. And uh, it's interesting that uh, he was getting these guys to really chase uh, that slider away. He got Carlos Correa to chase it. Um, how does he set him up here? Uh, he does show him a slider in the zone that he fouls off, then goes slider high, and then slider away that he chases. So is it that he already saw that slider in the zone? Is that why he's chasing here? Uh, he also gets Giovanni Urshela uh, in the second inning to chase that slider. And again, he showed him uh, a slider on the outside edge that he fouls off and then goes further away with the next pitch down and away. So is it a situation where he just saw a slider on the outside and now gets one way away and he's going to ch continue to chase it outside? I don't know. It's, I, it's interesting that he's able to get these guys to chase so far off the plate with that slider because they really they looked ugly striking out to this pitch. Uh, his CSW numbers, his called strike, and his whiff numbers. The whiff numbers are all right on the slider. It's a 37% whiff rate, seven whiffs on 19 swings. And they only put three of those sliders in play, so that was a good pitch for him on the day. But nothing really has eye-popping CSW numbers, called strikes plus whiffs. They're all in the 20% range. He's a 26% CSW total on the day. So, Plesak's never been a super dominant strikeout pitcher, and he's not on this day, but the six strikeouts and six innings, is it's a good, that's a that's a decent rate right there. Um, so yeah, so it's not eye-popping numbers from Plesak. 
on the other side, Smelter on the other side was not getting a high whiff rate. He only had a 17% whiff rate. He was just inducing weak contact throughout the day, an 86.3 mile per hour exit velocity off him total on the day. They were hitting Plesak a little bit harder. He has an 89.2 average exit velocity on the day off of him. So yeah, so Smelter was getting it done. He did have 10 called strikes with his curveball, which is interesting. Interesting. Usually it's the fastballs that you're seeing, the changeups that you're seeing a lot of called strikes on. Not many guys have 10 called strikes on their curveball. Gives him a 42% CSW on that pitch, but it's only a 27% total CSW on the day. So again, not super dominant from Smelter, but both of them pitched very effectively against some very tired, sleepy offenses. So uh, the one home run that Plesak gives up does come in the third inning off uh, Nick Gor- off of Nick Gordon's bat, uh, which is a weird way to phrase that. Uh, let's look at this at bat here. Uh, he was staying with off-speed stuff against the guy. He threw him a ton of change-ups, frankly. Throws him a change-up at the top of the zone for a called strike. Throws him a change-up on the outside edge for a swinging strike. Throws him another change-up on high and outside that he fouls off. Tries to get him to chase a four-seam fastball up above the shoulders, and he lays off it. So he's got him in a one-two count. Mainly was set up for a curveball down and away. This pitch was supposed to be after the four-seam fastball up. This pitch was absolutely supposed to be down and away. Instead, it's middle of the plate, at the belt, slightly inside, just inside, just right of center, and he cranks it. 102.6 mile per hour exit velocity, 422 to dead center field for his second home run on the season. Someone on uh, Guardian's Twitter, I said, how do you give up a home run to a slap hitter like that? Yeah, Nick Gordon is not a power hitter. That's not his game. He's the ninth hitter in their lineup. He's definitely not in there for his power, but but you know what? You hang a curveball, and a lot of these major league hitters have good bat speed, and you hang a curveball like this, yeah, 102.6 mile power exit velocity is no joke. Nick Gordon barreled this up. He really cranked this one. So I guess to give credit where credit is due, Nick Gordon scores the only run of the game. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. You know what? It's the end of a long road trip, and frankly, it's a great road trip for the Guardians. I mean, when this thing started, you heard how worried I was about this stretch after we just came off the easy stretch of the schedule, and it's not going to get any easier at home with Boston, who's, by the way, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're coming in on a four-game win streak, so Boston is going to be no joke. The Yankees have the best record in baseball. I mean, they're blowing away the competition right now. They're the first team to 50 wins in baseball so the guardians definitely have their work but they're gonna have five games against these same minnesota twins uh coming up at home and this is gonna be a battle all season minnesota is not gonna take it easy on us this is going to be a battle all season all right as you can hear the baby is very excited about this homestand coming up he's ready to see some games against boston you know anytime we play boston it always brings back some old playoff memories doesn't it right the battle in 07 we battled them a couple of times in the 90s. We battled them a couple of times in the 2000s or in the 20 teens. So, uh, yeah, it always brings back some playoff memories anytime we see Boston, uh, you know, standing across from us at Progressive Field. But, uh, yeah, 52 wins. Yes, they are the first team to 50 wins in Major League Baseball. So, the Yankees, uh, that's going to be a rough series. When that comes around, that's going to be a fight. I mean, we are we have our work cut out for us against the, these teams coming up in this home stance. So, 
It's a great road trip. Give the Guardians a round of applause. They lose this one. MVP on the day, just because I have to give it to someone. I guess I'll give it to Plesak. It's a very quality start from Plesak. It's a very good start. Uh, if they could have gotten something done in that seventh inning, you know, it's a different situation for him. But unfortunately, he takes the loss. He gives up the solo home run. Uh, but nothing to really hang his hat, head on on this one. It's a good start. A solo home run in the third inning. That should not be the end of the game. But it is. All right. The baby's having a party over there. I got to get to do my dad job. Uh, I got to do my real job, too. So let's get out of here. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Minnesota. It's the Twins 1, the Guardians nothing. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Email the show, Mornings at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me again on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.